Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister at the 2023 NRB Convention in Orlando, Florida, and it's going really good. We got a booth here on the main drag, spent more money on it than we ever have. And uh, we're really happy that we did. Cause Got we a great some- return. Better return than even we could have imagined. I mean, my head's exploding with the contacts that I've made, the things that I need to do to follow those up, some things we're going to tweak about how we do our ministry. Uh, yeah. It might not express themselves externally quite yet, but... Um, yeah. And you've been grinding out oh, podcasts. Goodness. Yeah, and, and meeting all kinds of people and, you know... The profile again. It's not about it's not about our image or anything like that, but the perception of um, the perception of what you know what our ministry looks like and, and getting exposure uh, to everybody who's in this industry walking past has been phenomenal. Right now, we're going to hear an interview from Dave Glander and a guy named Trace Embry, and Trace Embry is going to say some things that are going to be shocking to some of you. They were a little bit to me. Yeah. And just spoiler alert, he doesn't think your kids should have cell phones, or let me say that differently, they shouldn't have unfettered success to the internet, which, which I got Tina Griffin throwing stuff at me, uh, which... I think Dave Glander is the instigator there. We're, of course our, he is. Our, our booth is, is uh, Backyard Conversations. We've I mean, got a, people are having fun, though. We've got a campfire and a volleyball net, and, a, and we're doing interviews at a picnic table, and Dave has taken the, the uh, beach ball and is throwing it at passersby you know, to get more attention, which is no great. No offense to these people because the kingdom of God takes all kinds. Yeah. But some of these people here are kind of stuffy. Yeah. And so we're bringing the totally unstuffy. Exactly. And uh, that's good. But anyway, yeah. uh, Trace Embry is going to really challenge you on uh, what you're giving your kids in terms of technology. Yeah. And uh, he's got a cool academy in Georgia called Shepherd Hill, Shepherd's Hill. And he's going to talk about that. It's amazing. Enjoy the interview. Thanks for tuning in. And make sure you check out all the other interviews we did during this conference. Yep. I like that little road thing you got. <laughs> hey, everybody. Matt Reister here at the 2023 NRB National Religious Broadcasters Convention. I've got Dave Glander with me and Trace Embry. Uh, Dave, I always start out our interviews here giving a shout-out to Reasons for Hope. You guys are helping co-sponsor this booth and these podcasts with us. And uh, so just give us 30 seconds on Reasons uh, for Hope. Well, we're glad to do it because I love what you do. I love you. I love your family. I love the ministries that you're involved in. Reasons for Hope is a, um, an apologetics-based ministry um, that, uh, that's, that's content-heavy. You can go to r4h.com, uh, go to your app store, and just type in R-F-O-R-H, and it's a, a black background with a blue asterisk. And you'll be busy for months trying to unpack all the stuff, and we're constantly adding more stuff. Love it. Dave's going to be at the Cedar Falls Bible Conference again this year. That's the last Saturday in July through the first Saturday in August doing our junior high and high school stuff. 
And uh, so if any of you are in the area, you need to make sure your kids are part of that. And um, once again, we got an all-star lineup coming to the youth track. You need to give me that list, bro. I know. <laughs> you asked for it. With like, I, He asked for the list. And he, I said, when do you need it by? He goes, ASAP. I was like, that's good notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so to, to catch everybody up here, it's crazy at NRB. Uh, we've invested. Nick Voyacek just went by. He's your life he's your without hero. live. I don't I don't fanboy much, but dude, that's Nick Voyage. All right, I'm moving on. So anyway, uh, the first year that we were at NRB, I just started as the director of this ministry uh, in 2020. I came for the first time in 2021. We're just a small budget ministry that's trying to grow, and I thought, why are we spending a thousand dollars a year to to for dues for NRB? Why are we coming to this conference? I was going to come down to NRB and make the case for my board when I got back why we we're going to drop this because it's an unneeded expense. We don't get any value from it. Well, I learned quickly this is where we had to be. Last year, we got a smaller booth in the exhibition hall, mm. and then they contacted us this year about a bigger booth right out here on Broadway, and uh, we popped for it. And I can already tell you that day one, I mean, this is worth it, and thanks to Reasons for Hope for helping um, absorb some of the cost with us because mm-hmm. we're just getting a ton of exposure out here. And, and another thing that happened that I've learned is last year, I mean, everyone and their dog was stopping by our booth wanting to get interviewed. They'd written a book, they had a ministry, blah, 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 blah. And I don't mean to sound like a cynic there, but um, I learned this year I need to do a better job of filtering who we do interviews with because if you just take all comers like I did last year, they're not all going to be great, compelling stories that the audience is going to resonate with. That being said, I've gotten some feedback from interviews that I thought were otherwise less than great that the Lord used them. So, I mean, God can do whatever he wants. Absolutely. But anyway, I'm out here in the hallway, and Dave Glander, <laughs> doing Dave Glander things, like, come meet this guy. You need to interview him. <laughs> and th- that's already an endorsement because I trust Dave. Yeah. Um, Trace, you and I started talking for just a couple minutes. You are death on kids having unfettered access to the internet via their cell phones yes my my wife is going to love everything that you're going to say um i'm going to have some questions sure and we're going to have a conversation and then you've also got uh a ministry shepherd's hill shepherd's hill academy shepherd's hill academy yes sir so it's a christ center biblically based residential program uh, therapeutically uh, therapeutic for troubled teenagers that come from all over the country and around the world so you're talking about mental health stuff. You're talking about cell phones. You're talking about miracles of Shepherd Hill, Shepherd's Hill, which is your book. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just jump into the deep end right away. Okay. Make your best case for why my 13-year-old, who literally, I'm about, this is an iPhone 8. Uh-huh. The plan right now is for me to transition out of this phone, get a new one, and give this to her. And you're saying, and I've done that with my Does oldest. Does she have one yet? No. Okay. She's. She's got access. She does have access to the internet mm-hmm. via a device that if she's connected wireless, but we're wanting to give her a phone where she's with her friends. We know yeah. where she's at. She can contact us when she needs a ride. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And you're like, no, no, well, don't Lisa, do that. I appreciate this opportunity, but uh, you, I don't want to mean to offend you, but why not just drop her off in the city side of town where all the strip clubs are at and the, and the, the bars and, and say, hey, good luck, you know, <laughs> give her the keys to the liquor cabinet. Uh, you know, give her access to Fang and Spike and Snake as boyfriends. You know, give her access to the perverts down the street. I live in a town of 300 people. 10% of them are registered as sex offenders in my little town in Northeast Georgia. 
I'm telling you, you give your kid a smartphone, you, it, you've shot yourself in the foot. It's a self-inflicted wound for behavioral uh, uh, issues, spiritual issues, uh, for, for the rest of, of, of the upbringing. It, trust me. And I, look, you can't, you can't justify it theologically. Uh, you can't justify it spiritually. You can't justify it scientifically. You can't justify it in any way, shape, or form. This is a spiritual delusion on our on our nation. And, and don't think you're any less Christian because you're deluded on this issue. I mean, my gosh, how many of the disciples and apostles you know, were, were deluded on things that Jesus had to say? Are you so slow to learn here? How long do I have to put up with you? So I'm going to cut you off right sure. there and just say, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of our audience. So somebody's tuned in, one of my friends, somebody who knows about this, and, and they're like, whoa, where did you get this guy? And he needs to dial it back. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear that all the uh, time. Let, let me chime in right at there, though, because I was telling you, it took him three years to convince me. Like, three, Matt, three <laughs> years of him. We went back and forth for hours at a time what over this. What were some of your arguments against what he's saying? A lot, of what, a lot of what I was saying was like, hey, look, they're going to get around it anyways. Their friends have a phone. You know, they've got a computer at home. They've got iPads that they have to have for school. Like, there's all these different ways. Like, you can take the phone away. Whoop-de-doo. They're still going to get to it. And it wasn't until I realized, wait a second, though. The other things we can monitor to a degree, we can't monitor the phone at all. That phone is, think about it, that phone never leaves your side, does it? It's always in your... It's an appendage. Well, hold on, you don't ever answer your phone, so maybe I should ask. Anyways, Trace, <laughs> that phone is... Oh, well, you don't ever answer your phone either. For those of you who actually use your phone when, when, when it rings or texts, um, it's, it's, an, it's an appendage. It's, yeah. Mine is in my pocket all the time. It's an idol. When I go to bed, it's next to my, my nightstand. It's, tr it's true. It's eye it's, slavery. Yeah. It's eye slavery. Well, what and I you're, hate... And you're putting your kid into eye slavery, which will... It can, especially if you have a daughter... Uh, result in sex slavery. Uh, I, yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. th they, these, these, these perverts are out there grabbing our kids via this device on a regular basis. Yeah. And I'm not speaking theoretically from behind a desk or reading uh, other people's books. I have a proving ground for everything I'm talking about. And if you, if you think, yeah, I'll be the one of the thousand that can, that can dodge this bullet, well, good luck with that. And my question to you and everybody listening is how far short of a sex offender do you want for your kid uh, yourself? Well, how, how, how far short of your kid being addicted and having their, their, their DNA actually changed by these devices? This is science. Nobody understands this. Nobody knows it. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. That's really the bottom line. And I know it's, it's, it's not politi politically correct, but it's true. It is this true. is what's happening. It is true. After, so, after three years, what he's saying is right. I mean, like I said, that one line in Gab Wireless commercial where it says, I'm not going to give my 12-year-old internet access to the internet, and I'm not going to give the internet access to my 12-year-old. Right. That last part of her line shook me at my core because yep. think about it, man. When you give your 13-year-old daughter a phone, you're giving the access of the internet to her. Forget about her internet access. You're giving all of the all of the the the, the wiles of the devil's schemes. You know, and I'm not much to talk about Satan and all that stuff, but we know he's the ruler of the prince of the power of the air. So he's out there doing his thing. Well, all of that now is at her fingertips, and and you can't stop it at that point. Tell, tell me this: How is it? How is giving unfettered access to your uh, to a smartphone to your child? How is that any different than just? piping in the hustler channel in her bedroom or his bedroom 24 7 365 and it, it, first of all if someone gave me the choice between giving my kid 
a smartphone and piping in the Hustler channel in a room, I'll pipe the Hustler channel room all day long. Well, because yeah, it's, it's, they're it's not taking the hustle channel to school with them to see uh, the other channels, all the other stuff going on. And to Dave's argument, well, they're just going to see it somewhere. You know what? They maybe, they probably will see it, but it won't be routinely. It won't yeah. turn into an addiction. an addiction. It won't be a life-controlling thing. It won't be an idol in the eyes of God. You want God to bless your life. Keep your kids away from idols. Yeah. Well, I want to come back to this, but or, or take a break from this a second and just say, you said you've got a proving ground. Yeah. Tell us about your proving ground. Right, the proving ground is Shepherd's Hill Academy. I live with these kids. There's not one kid, not one in the last decade that have come to Shepherd's Hill where that smartphone hasn't been, if not the problem, a fuel for the problem, the original problem. And so that it's a proving ground. We, and we see, look, God can rebuild the, uh, the years the locusts have eaten. I've seen it happen. But why, why have it eaten away to begin with? Look, you don't want your kid to come back to you when you're 30 years old, third marriage, got all these other addictions, including sexual addictions, perversions, can't enjoy relations with their, their future husband, future wife anymore because no one can live up to a porn star. I mean, and then they come back to you and say, Dad, you gave me this thing. Mom, you yeah, gave me yeah. this thing when I was 13 years old. And what did you expect me to do with this thing? I need to promote two things quick that you made me think of. I did an interview at NRB last year with a guy named Joshua Broom, who was uh, one of the top grossing or the top grossing porn star in that industry, had a radical conversion to Christ, and now is obviously going out. He's a pastor and a preacher, but he's going out to just uh, you know blow up the porn industry, mm -hmm. just exposing how fake it is. Nothing you see there is real. Yeah. It's okay. totally manufactured, all that stuff. If anybody is... Uh, tracking with this interview along those lines you need to go listen to the joshua broom interview and then what you guys don't know is the previous interview right before this one was a couple named phil and priscilla fretwell who experienced infidelity in their marriage phil at a young age got into pornography um he was born before i was so it was just magazines and, and movies yeah. you know vcr right. tapes or whatever and uh and then that snowballed and snowballed and he kept it hidden throughout their marriage 28 years massage parlors it leads it leads to more yeah, yeah. and so uh, if anyone's tracking with it from that standpoint maybe a couple who struggled with this or a guy or whatever um, go listen to that interview um, tell us more about Shepherd's Hill Academy it sounds like a very radical approach uh, it's like a yeah. totally unplugged thing for a year or something yeah kids come from virtually every state in the Union and have come uh, from 19 other countries because a lot of these kids are in two, three programs that just do absolutely no good for them. And look, this is a radical issue. So you, it takes radical you know, uh, strategies to, to get it turned around. And so uh, they're living in the woods, no running water, no electricity in buildings that they build. They construct their own buildings using their hands. And the kids will tell you, man, never stop making us work with our hands. We never felt so alive, so human. Wow. I, I was living a matrix. I was, I was part of a matrix. I didn't realize it. And so, they, but we have a school right there. So they come out of the woods. It's about a 12-minute walk out of the woods where it's like it's any other school. There's even computers in the, in, the, in the classroom that almost none of the kids use. It's only for special classes that we don't offer. But at 3 o'clock when the bell rings, it's back to partying like it's 1799 again. <laughs> right? and, and, and these kids, they they 
a lot of them don't want to leave, to be honest with you. They don't want to leave. I, I, and part of my talk that I developed that about parents, it's a, it's a parent's talk, right? It's developed strictly just to say, here's what I used two of the interviews that we did up at Shepherd's Hill with, uh, with, a, with a couple of the girls up there that we talked about having boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I started off by saying, look, I'm going to shock you right now. Because most of you have no idea. I said, I said, look, what do you think about boundaries? Do you like the fact that there's boundaries? And they said, before we got here, we had zero boundaries. Right. If anything, it was below level boundaries. Right. And now they're starving for it. They're, Matt, they're, they're starving for it They're too. starving to be told, here's where you can go. Here's where you can stop. And we don't think about that when we think about our kids. We think we need to be our kids' best friend and that we need to just allow them to, to you know, let's let them figure it out for themselves. Yeah. Well, dude, figuring it out for themselves is not proving a, a good ground to, to stand on. But when you hear the kids who come out of Shepherd's Hill say, I, I am starving for boundaries. I'm starving to be told what I can and cannot do. Everything that I will tell you on, over this microphone is stuff that the, every kid will affirm. Yeah. Every kid will affirm it. We're wired for boundaries. I took, you know, every kid wants to, comes to Shepherd's Hill. They want to do what they want to do when they want to do it, to the degree they want to do it. And I say, you really don't want to do that. They say, yeah, I really do want to do that. I say, no, you don't. You really don't. So I, so I take them out and play basketball. You know where I t- take them to play basketball? In the middle of the field. I said, start playing. Well, wait a minute. Where's the, where's the goals? Where's, where's the, you know, where's the side? You know, there's no, uh, you want to play basketball? This is basketball to me. You know, you bought into a postmodern relativistic idea that you can make up your own reality, including being a boy if you want to be a boy and you're a girl. No, no, no. There are, there are certain things you have to submit to. Even the President of the United States has to work within boundaries. Everyone has boundaries. The most creative people on the planet work within boundaries. I hear comedians say all the time, uh, 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 comedy. I, I heard Bill Maher say this, and I don't, I'm not suggesting anyone listen to Bill Maher, although he's making more sense than most pastors are making uh, uh, these days. It's, it's, it's God's way of shaming us. He said, comedy is all about uh, pushing the boundaries. And I'm like, what a, what a disgustingly stupid statement. Comedy is about making people laugh. Yeah. You ever listen to Tim Hawkins? Yeah. I can take my little kid to that, that program, and, and he's going to laugh harder than any, any other comedian I, that I know of right now. I, I play Tim Hawkins for our kids. They laugh their heads off. It's not about pushing <laughs> boundaries. I mean, you, Andy Griffith and some of those old TV shows are hilarious, but they, 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 they were produced so that the whole family could enjoy it. Now it's these isolated perverts. We, we want to... Keep them laughing and smiling. This is nuts. Our kids, our families, our parents—they've all bought into this. This is insanity. And and you got to understand when he talks about they build them by hand, like literally in the wintertime they put plastic up over it, and then they have a wood stove inside, and in the summertime they drop the plastic and there's screen on there. That's yeah. it. There's they don't have fans. They don't have air conditioning. They don't in the middle of the winter when it's cold. Their their outhouse, it's a literal outhouse, is like 30 yards away. They got to get up in the middle of the night. If you got to go to the bathroom yeah. and walk 30 yards in the middle of the night to an outhouse, Did like. You- did you start this? Yes. What inspired this? Jesus. <laughs> Plain and simple. Okay. I mean, I can, I can give you all kinds of so, you know, stories behind it, but listen, this stuff wasn't researched. It, 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 it was revealed. Okay. okay. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, I'm not a camper. I, I, I'm, I'm not a guy that really is into the outdoors all that much. I mean, I, I am now, but it, like I said, it was kind of revealed. You, you why do people pay so much money to go outdoors, you know, camp and do all that stuff? And then I, I didn't realize till, till later the science behind what was first revealed to us. 
now, 20-some years later, all the science is backing up what we just felt right. Which is what? Well, what technology is doing to our brains. Take, take the technology well, that, away. That, that Put the, boundaries up. That, equine therapy. Equine, yeah, the relationship with the animals. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rabbits and, and a goat and just getting, getting back to the basics, right? Yeah, we've complicated our lives to the point where the American dream has now become the American nightmare. <laughs> and, and, wow. And, and, you know, we've got to be there. We've got to be here. We've got to have that. We gotta, look, you ask any school teacher from 10 years ago, just 10 years ago, can a kid have too much knowledge? Can an adult have too much knowledge? And the answer would have been, of course you can't have too much knowledge. Yeah. But guess what? You can have too much knowledge. You want your kid to really know how to have sex with a goat or three of them? You want your kid to have the, the, uh, uh, know how to cheat on a test and get away with it? You want ISIS to have our nuclear codes? No. I can go on and on with these analogies. No. They're, they're, you can have too much knowledge. You know what too much knowledge gives you? It gives you confusion. Yeah. Give, too much yeah. knowledge gives you too well, many choices. Too many choices knowledge. leads to anxiety. To anxiety leads to depression. Depression leads to a false uh, warped view of reality. A warped view of reality leads to a warped view of self. A warped view of self gives you self-loathing. Self-loathing will lead you to cutting yourself and all the other crazy things kids are doing themselves. Uh, I'm a boy, I'm a girl, you know, what, crazy stuff. All of that will lead to eventually to the second leading cause of death among teenagers, which is suicide. what? Suicide. suicide. And the number one reason they attempt suicide, the number one reason they give is they say they have no hope. Really? Look around you. World's uh, richest planet, uh, richest uh, nation on the planet. And I have no hope? Well, here's why you have no hope. Read Romans 5, 3, and 4. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. Now let's back that scripture up. Our kids are killing themselves in America because they have no hope. They have no hope because they have no character. They have no character because it was never developed through perseverance. They never persevered through anything because you first have to struggle for something yes. in order to persevere. Yeah, they're not Our struggling kids at all. want to be part of something. They want to sweep. They want to make their bed. They want to sweep their floor. They want to help you paint the house. They want to help you rebuild the lawnmower engine, whatever. But but the adults are so swimming in this technology themselves that the kids just think it's just part of doing business, and they've lost all hope. I uh, coach high school basketball at a Christian school, and. I guess a spin that I would put on what you're saying is one of the reasons that I'm, I'm doing that is it's one of the few places that kids today can publicly fail sports be, and be publicly humiliated. I remember the day that my son, who at that time was a pipsqueak, we, this little Christian school is playing one of the big public schools. They've got like 68th graders on their team. We've got like seven kids on our 7th and 8th grade team. And we're just getting crushed, and, and they they're putting in line after line after line, and uh, you know what it means when you get your your ankles broken, like like uh, you're playing defense and someone puts someone a move on you, you and yeah. then and, and my son Mason is he, he falls down. We're in the opposing gym, looks like a fool, and the the gym just goes nuts. Like oh, you broke his ankles, and uh, you know for a second a father's heart's like oh man, I I wish my son wouldn't have had to live through that, but then right away. He pops up, he gets back on defense, and it's just like, praise God for that. In, in a small way, yeah. he was publicly humiliated in an arena that does not matter. Yeah. And hopefully God will use that. And now that you know we're playing high school basketball and I'm coaching high school basketball, um, these kids learn that failure isn't 
the end of the world. Our kids learn that failure is one step closer to success. Yeah. I teach my kids, my grandkids, my kids teach my grandkids, look, you're gonna fail, you're gonna be publicly humiliated, you perform before an audience of one, it doesn't matter what these other lemmings think about you, okay? Yep. So if you're a concert pianist, and the master taught you is in the crowd, and he's on the edge of his seat, and he's really excited, and the, and the other thousand people in the auditorium are yawning, play before the audience of one. That's the only thing that matters right there. Yeah. Get them past that. And as a believer, you're gonna to have to be countercultural. You're gonna to have to swim upstream. Get used to the persecution. It's not coming, it's here. Yeah. It's here. And we, we gotta get our kids okay with that. One of the number one reasons kids give, uh, are given smartphones by their parents, they don't want their kids ostracized. So they give them a smartphone, now you're 24-7 on ostracism central, which is you know, social media. Yeah. So you, you don't want to ostracize? Why do you give them a smartphone then? Well, yeah. that's, that's, I want, I'm glad you brought that background because I, I wanted to bring that point back in and yeah. say what finally sold me after three years of him trying to convince me about the dangers of cell phones was, you know, we travel the country, we've got four full-time speakers, and everywhere we go, we ask kids to write questions down. And we ask them to put them down without their name on it, so that way they'll ask whatever it is that's truly on their heart or on their mind, because yes. if they have to put their name down, sure. they get embarrassed, you know? So the number one questions that we get, besides homosexuality, transgender, that's, yeah. that's always gonna be in the mix, doesn't yeah. matter. Sometimes I feel like I'm just gonna go ahead and address that one because it's gonna come up anyways. Sure. But the number we one- We it all the time, yeah, That's what I'm way. saying, like we, it just, we're just gonna, we're gonna have to address it. You see kids it, come right? out of it all the time, Amen. too. Amen, praise God, um, I've, and I've seen that, yeah. So anxiety and depression, those are the, like anxiety, depression, slash suicide. Mm -hmm. Like you take it's, it in that, you take it in that order. It's, that's the, that's the number one thing that the kids are asking, how do we, how do we contend with this? And so in, in doing a lot of different research, trying to figure out, okay, what is causing this though? Like why, why are our kids filled with anxiety and depression leading to suicide, leading to cutting if, if they're doing that before suicide? And it's those stinking technology that's doing it because what's happening is they're having to FOMO. match, yeah, they're having to match a personality that doesn't exist. And they're, they're, and now instead of who has the best clothes, it's who's got the most followers, who's right. got the funniest posts, who's got the most memes, yep. who's got the most popularity on, on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or, you know, it's this false set of, 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 of reality settings that they've programmed into themselves that's causing that. You can't live that way. Uh -uh. You can't live a false identity. And that's what, that's what social media is doing. That's what the cell phones are doing. But I want to go a step further and say that's what video games are doing as well. Uh, well that's I, a I started doing, I started doing research on video whole games and topic. the neurotherapy that's developed through that and everything yep. else. But it's all in the same vein where it's like, man, let's go back to get your kids outside and throw a ball yes. with them. Throw the Frisbee. Every Take shooter. them and fly a kite. You know what I'm saying? Like, do do something that gets them away from that. Yep. Because I'm telling you, if you you were saying earlier, throw them out in the in the fields with with the uh, with the perverts and stuff. I'd go a step further and say, if you're gonna hand your your 13 year old a phone, go ahead and hand him a gun because it's the or process a or, or a con. Yeah, it's the process that's developed through that whole thing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're gonna, we're gonna do a promo for Gab Wireless because man, I've really become a huge fan. And, and they've got a booth here at NRB. At least they did last year. I'm assuming they have one now this year. I promote them everywhere I go now yeah. because Gab Wireless produces a cell phone that looks exactly like an iPhone or an Android. I mean, it's the exact same thing, but all it does is they can call, they can text. Um, they're, now they have different games that, that parents can put on there, but it's only games. They can't, internet, they can't access the internet. 
And so they can't go and download any games. They can't look at porn. They can't yeah. go on social media sites. They can't. All the stuff that's dangerous for them doesn't exist. All the stuff that's good, a calculator, a map, a, you know, those yeah. sort of things are on there. The games are all like, like, um, like learning style games, you know, challenging their brain to, to develop and stuff. You can even track, like, how fast they're going in a car. So if yeah. they say, I'm going out with Joey, yeah. and Joey's got his driver's license, well, the next thing you know, Joey's going 95 down a road. Your daughter gets home, and you're like, hey, you were going 95 yeah. with Joey. Guess who? You're not going out within the yeah. car anymore. And then they even make a smart watch to go to go with the whole thing. And it's all it's only like a hundred and something dollars yeah. for the phone, and then like nineteen dollars a month. And there are it's other super, companies to choose from now. People are starting just now starting to catch on. I tell, I was one of Gab's first you know reps, yeah. and, and I and I told him said. You, you need to wait. This is going to take a while. People are not catching on. Well, because that's, that's the thing, Matt, is the, the whole thing started with us, our generation, getting cell phones. But I, I don't know if it was you who said this or who, who, who said this to me. When we got cell phones, our, our brain was fully developed. Well, I don't know about yours, but my, <laughs> my, mine was fully developed when I got a cell phone, right? So I was able to make conscious choices what I was going to do with my cell phone. When you hand a, a I'm going to go as early as eight-year-olds that oh, are getting six. cell phones. We're getting calls at Shepherd's Hill for six-year-olds six year olds with porn addiction. Addictions on their cell phones. When you, hand, when you hand your six-year-old a phone because you want them to feel included in the, in the environment that's around them, they're not developed to make decisions. That's what that's. It's like giving him a gun. You know, I'm all about like, man, your son turns 13. Let's go out and teach him how to shoot properly. Let's let's teach him how to use this thing that can also be a device of, of death. You know, your your 13 year old doesn't know how to make good decisions about what they're going to do with their cell right, phone. Right. It's 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 when you when you turn into an adult. Now it's like you know I use my cell phone a lot, but yeah. I don't use it for things right. that are getting me in trouble. I I also say it's like my wife has total access to my phone. Yeah. But, Gabby, the girl who's with me, she's she's one of my little. I mentor her through through ministry. She can pick up my cell phone. She even knows the password yeah. to get into it because there's nothing on my phone that I wouldn't want her to see. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to our kids, why would we say, okay, well, I don't want to pick up my kid's cell phone and look through it? Because one of the stats that I use in my parents' classes, it's like 68% of kids say they would be mortified if they knew what their parents found on their phones. 68%. I think 80 or 90% would sacrifice a finger to keep to their, keep their phone. Their, their yeah. phone. So uh, devil's advocate, or maybe just I'm saying my own questions. So um, what about the whole deal of communicating? You, you kind of answer some of those questions with the gab thing. But like there's this notion of, okay, my kids, I'm going to withhold, 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 and then they're going to leave my home, and then they're going to have access to all this, having been unprepared in a way oh no no because that's a stinking myth okay go for it my kids never had any of that stuff and they're they're not in a program they run one all right <laughs> so, so that's that's a stinking myth but you've but <laughs> that was good they have to be they have to be groomed from the time they're young just like with dating i see you can date when you want when you want just know you'll always have a chaperone as long as you live in my home and it, it, he's they're gonna look a whole lot like mom or me yeah. Right, and, and, and so dating when you want, when you want, that's fine. You're, you're, and you know what? Every one of my kids, with the exception of my my son, who runs the boys' side of the, of, of Shepherd's Hill Academy, he 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 married his second date. Every one of my other kids married their first date, and they're they're successful. The the, the way we. Just because our culture is doing something doesn't mean make it right. Uganda's culture still invites neighbors over for dinner. 
if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a cannibalistic society. Yeah. Some of those enclaves in, in Uganda. So we don't want to submit to the cultural ways of, over for, of that. It took me a second. You know, person to have over. You know, having your neighbor over for dinner. No, you you have to go against the flow of some things. Dating is one of them. We've these these backwards countries that we think are backwards when they do arranged marriages. And I'm not advocating for arranged marriages. I kind of am. But okay. go ahead. Yeah, well, well he's got, he's got what, three blonde-haired daughters. You, you may have a point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they have a much better uh, uh, statistic when it comes to marriages. And, and getting back to, you know, the smartphone in particular, I, I don't think a lot of people know, a lot of parents know, that there's actually a grassroots movement amongst the cool kids in school. To get away from it. Yes, stay unplugged. Make your life a mystery. Make it, you know, makes, you know, don't be, don't be all lemming and blow your, your, your stuff out there across the, the airways for everyone to know all your dirty laundry all the time and, and, and knowing that you're making stuff up. You're just making it up. You're, you, you're, your life isn't that good, right? Yeah. None of us are. Most of life is on the plane. And you, get to, you have to train your kids that most of life is waking up, going to school, having lunch, going to bed, waking up again, doing it all over again, playing some sports once in a while. Mountaintop experiences wouldn't be mountaintop experiences if they were every day. Yep. And if you would have to be a rock or a or a, a some inanimate inanimate object not to be depressed once in a while over a funeral or over losing a real important ball game or whatever for a little while you don't take a medication every time you get a hangnail <laughs> you know, so, so you, you you teach our kids to deal with disappointment teach our kids to, to yeah. go through a little bit of pain in every gym, a gyms aren't designed to hurt people or harm people, but you are—they are going to hurt you. Actually, no pain, no gain. gain. Yeah. It's in every stinking gym. So, let your kid go through a little suffering. I mean, you don't want him to go through the suffering. I, look, I'd rather my kid to have controlled suffering for a short time than have to deal with uncontrolled suffering for a long time. And that's exactly what well, it get. And let them, see you, let them see how you deal with suffering. Yeah. Like, but, don't, don't, don't go, you know, you and your wife meet in the corner and discuss certain things that they don't need to know about. Let them see how you deal with turmoil. Let yeah. them see, man, this didn't work out. You know, how am I going to deal with that? And have, they, they'll uh, emulate what they see you doing. My point was with the dating and with the smartphones is you have ongoing conversations from the time your kids can talk. If my kid can talk, I want to give them a phone. Yeah. Give him a techless phone, give him a Gab phone, give him a pinwheel phone, whatever. All these different companies are coming out. Give him a phone so he can talk. But have a continual conversation as to why he's not going to have unfettered access yeah. to a smartphone because there's, there's, there's poison on there. And, and you can have these conversations regularly. They need to be regular about what's out there. My kids knew about the birds and the bees from the time they were in kindergarten. Yep. I told them. And then the, but they didn't know all the intimate details. Yeah. We, but the conversations got a little more detailed yep. as they got older. Yeah. And once yeah. they got out of the house, it's like, you know, I don't want anything to do with disease. Dude, people don't know that one in, one in five, and in some communities, one in four women aged 18 to 60 have some form of STD. One in four. Wow. And no one realizes that. No one's talking about that. Yeah. You know? And so uh, these are things that get proliferated with a smartphone. I want to go to Shepherd's Hill for a little bit. Sure. Um, if anybody thought, I mean, I, I'm thinking of a person in my mind right now who would benefit by what you're describing. 
Um, is there even a, a, a waiting list a mile long? What's the process by which someone gets plugged into that? Yeah, well, you, you can go to shepherdshillacademy.org or helpmytroubledteen.org. It's the same thing. Helpmytroubledteen.org just helps you remember it a little bit more. Yeah. But you just call the office or you can go online. You can do it online at our website, shepherdshillacademy.org, helpmytroubledteen.org, either one. Uh, and inquire as to, as to how that happens. One thing I want to say about residential care, and this is why we do our radio program, Licensed to Parent, because Shepherd's Hill, because it costs so much to keep a kid in residential care, we have to turn away sometimes as many as 400 families a month because it's so cost prohibitive. We had, we've had families who have mortgaged their homes, turned in their IRAs, also just to get their kid the help that they needed and they never, none of them, none of them have ever regretted that because that kid's going to grow up and, and, and it's a reversal. Not going to cost I've you that it. money in the long run. For pay now or pay later. Yeah, yeah, pretty much that's the issue. We live in a, in a toxic, child molesting, systemically mentally ill culture that you have to shield your kid to some extent, but the rest of it is you have conversations about that. You, if, if you want to go to the city side of town and show them how the other side lives, the tent cities and all that stuff, take them down there yourself. Show them. This is what it's like. These yep. are some of the people who are on your smartphone tonight. These are the type of people pretending to be, or maybe you're talking to a chatbot, not even a real person that's telling you some crazy things to do. This is what could, you could be communicating with. And girls have a bigger problem with social media than they do with, with video games. Boys, more video game, but they all have a problem with the porn thing. All yep. of them, every one of them. I've seen girls rocking back and forth with their faces in their, in their hands, just crying, trying, trying to get those images yeah. out of their mind. Yeah. You don't want that to happen to your daughter. Yeah. You don't want that to happen to your son. Those things don't go away. I know some of the things that I've been exposed to yep. as a young man, yep. airbrush still. This is black. This is not black and white. It's living color motion picture, yeah. and it's of the most grossest kind. Yep. I mean, stuff that you grown men never seen in a lifetime. These kids are exposed. Yep. You want to see a true death video? You can see a kid, guy get his head chopped. I see. Watch ISIS chop a head off. I can. I can have it in front of you in five seconds. Yeah. yeah. And that used to be, that was Faces of Death when I was a kid. Yeah. There was Faces of Death, which was, video. which was, well, it was banned in like 28 snuff states films. and stuff like we that. Were, I you know, snuff like that was, that was like a huge, like, Faces thing. Of and, death. Yeah, I've you remember that? that? Yeah. And now it's like, if you turn on just regular YouTube or something, it's Faces it's of Death. I, I literally, I literally just was on Twitter this morning, and Twitter or Instagram, and, uh, it was one of those things that said this is sensitive content. Yeah. And it was from an account. I follow a couple accounts like uh, Nature is Metal. Yeah. Where you just see animals devour each other. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was one There's of these. There's a therapist right down in the hallway. It was an account that I trusted. It wasn't like porn or something like that. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to see yeah. what this is. So I like watched the video anyway, even though it says it's sensitive. Uh -huh. And it was literally like clips. Like faces of death. Yeah. People just getting whacked. And yep. I'm just like, what? Listen yeah. to this. Listen to this. It's common there's a, now. There's a ministry out there. I'll leave the ministry, the ministry, Christian ministry. I'll leave it nameless. But their whole ministry is to help parents keep up on the latest, greatest cultural things that are going on with their kids, on their kids' smartphones. Right? This is how ingrained this is. They would never say, do away with a smartphone. So I had this guy on my radio broadcast, you know. I've had it on a couple times. And he gives me these websites to go to to kind of verify what they're talking about. He gave me a website that took me directly to Pornhub. 
directly what? to Pornhub. So I'm like, I get I get shot in the face with a pornographic image yep. from a Christian ministry trying to keep your kid free from this stuff. The stuff I read on 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 this website, I'm like, I can, I, I can no longer recommend it, it because this stuff is this cultural influence stuff. It's a slow seduction, and you have got to be so familiar with what the Bible says about how to raise our kids in any culture. It should work at any culture, any time, and it does. But we have strayed from it. We've diluted it. You see it in churches. You see the the the. the uh, uh, the watering down of the truth and stuff to where when you get guys like Joe Rogan and Bill Maher who are making more sense of what, what these kids are really needing. I heard, I listen to Joe Rogan and Bill Maher once in a while, not because I'm fans. I do too. But because if I don't, I'm going to be clueless to what these kids are dealing with, yeah. right? Yeah. And I heard out of Joe Rogan interviewing Bill Maher, they're volleying back and forth, and he said, what do you think of... Uh, 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 Kids and smartphones and all, he says, it's 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 the portal to evil. Bill Maher says it's the portal to yeah. evil. Yeah. He and he and he, he saw how evil Bill Maher talking about how evil pornography is and, yeah. and that no kid should be exposed to that. Blah, blah blah. I mean, what? There was a there was a school I won't name it uh, over in Alabama that um, the uh, what do you what do you call the Christian school heads? They're not. Head of school? Head of, yeah, like head of school or something like that. We'll just call it head of school. Headmaster? He, headmaster, yeah. So the headmaster's kid was one of the 27 or, or so involved in this thing. And what happened was, was because that kid had a smartphone, he was able to access the dark web, which I thank God I don't even know how to... What even, is the dark web? I'm not exactly sure, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a part... Here's my understanding of it. It's a part of the web that literally means exactly what it says. It's a, it's a... Um, underground web, if you will, like instead of just being like you know Google or something. Uh, a little bit. I, th- I think guys like. Uh, uh, well, anyways, uh, this, Bill this, Barnes. This kid. I think they're they're part of that. They're, it's 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 just this dark information. Yeah, you, it's, you know? it's 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 you like you've got to you've got to know how to get to it. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not just you don't just Google it. You've got to know how to manipulate your way into it. So he gets his way into it and he starts buying Skittles. Right, Skittles by the by the bulk, right? Candy, candy, and he's and he's getting this Skittles shipped to his house, and he's selling Skittles at school, right? So he's making money because he's getting this bulk through the dark web. Well, fast forward like six months Is later. Is it on the dark web because it's like stolen or what? Yeah, yeah, it's all black market. Just, just okay. think of think of like the um, the snuff underground. Films. Look at snuff films. And yeah, all that stuff, snuff I'm sure. films and, and just black market stuff. You can probably buy guns and ammo and just just it's it's the it's it's where you go underground with with what you're doing, right? Okay. Um, it's kind of like the maybe like the a small example would be like the privacy filter. Like you can choose a private page and it doesn't yeah, keep cookies and stuff the like that. The city side of town, everyone it's knows the it CD, there. Yeah, but they the city side of town. Yeah. There's Tina. How are you? Um, you need to interview her too. Um, anyway, so so he gets on there. A few fast forward like six or seven months into it, it went from like Skittles to this to this to this, and the next thing you know, there's a shipment of acid being brought into an abandoned house in this kid's area and the kid is supposed to go to this house after the shipment has been brought in and now he's going to pick up this shipment and sell the acid so they do it once right and it it was like i don't know a thousand hits acid or something like that the second time it was like fifty thousand hits of acid and the fbi finally was able to track it fentanyl is a big one too but the fbi tracked it 
put a sting on it and busted not just the um, the organization that planted it because they arrived at the same time that the shipment was being dropped off. And so, dude, and then 27 kids, including the headmaster's son, was expelled from school for the rest of their their career, their school career, because of the fact that, dude, they all went to jail. And that's my point is it started with Skittles because the kid had access to it and Skittles turns into acid and 27 kids in a Christian school end up going down. It's a slow seduction. It's a, it's a, it, that's, yeah. that's the... It road to hell. Uh, C.S. Lewis talks about that. Yeah. It's a slow, slippery one. But, you know, you talk about dark. So we do a parent conference. It's a weekend-long deal at Shepherd's Hill for our parents. And this guy wasn't even the kid's parent. He was the boyfriend of the mother who brought the kid. And the kid was terribly addicted to, to the dark, the dark web, right? And, and uh, video games, and just he was an absolute mess. The kid was an absolute mess. So, and I'm 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 teaching on this stuff, and it's like 10 o'clock at night, and 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 the, and the whole thing's about over. We're ready to go home for the night, and this guy I noticed him standing in, in uh, next to the door, and I got this crowd of parents asking me questions. And I, I heard from outside the door, come on, Joe, let's go, let's go. No, I'm not leaving until I talk to this man. Well, all the crowd left me, this guy walks over, he waited for about 30 minutes to talk to me, and he says, you have no idea how true everything that you said over this weekend was. He says, you have no idea. I said, well, I think I do. He says, have you ever heard of Dark UX? I said, no, I haven't. He says, Dark UX? I make more money than you'll ever see in a lifetime with dark UX. I said, well, what is it? He says, it's everything you've been talking about. I said, everything I talk about? He says, yes, they pay me big, big bucks to make these digital, uh, di digitally addictive adult toys addictive. He says, I, that's all I do, is I find new ways to make them addictive, not just for kids, but for adults. But my girlfriend's kid is in this program because of, he says, I'm, when I, he, he, he lives in England, and I'm going back to England, I'm going to find a new line of work. I'm, I, can't, I can't live with myself anymore. Wow. And so this, is, this stuff is just now getting out of the bag, and, and you know, I'm glad that you're, you've given me the opportunity to, to share this stuff because I've, I've seen what it's doing to so many kids, and so many parents are absolutely clueless about so this. So what do you do, like, I, I mean, to a degree, my 19-year-old son's right there, still lives at our home. He's going to be going to college next year. Mm -hmm. um, got a cell phone. Uh, my 15, going to be 16 here pretty soon, daughter yeah. has one. I told you I was about ready to give my 13-year-old one. Oh, please don't. Um, and then I got a 9-year-old who's, yeah. you know, we're not doing that. Um, what do you say to parents? Now, I'm at least radical enough of a Christian and, and, and committed enough to the scriptures and we homeschooled our kids. Good. Um, we've done some things that are outside the norm. Um, our kids don't spend all day on screens. I norm mean, by whose standards? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. We, we monitor things maybe more than some have, not perfectly, obviously. Yeah. But what would you say to a parent who's listening to this, who's a Christian, mm -hmm. but even a few steps um, more toward the norm than I am? Mm -hmm. Who's just like yeah. even listening to this yeah. is on the edge of crazy. Yeah, where do they start? They they've got high school kids with cell phones. Yep. You just cold turkey this thing. First thing you do is you you hold a family meeting. Yeah. And you humbly apologize wow. and ask their forgiveness for what you have have 
naively given them. And I don't know how else to put it. I can't sugarcoat any well, more than well, that. Let me, let me soften the blow on that just a little bit because that's, that's a hard blow. That, that really is. But let me soften it a little bit. Remember I told you we didn't know. These things came about when, when how old are you? 47. Four, yeah, we're, we're close to the same age. I'm a couple of years on you, but we didn't have He's cell well phones. well by the way. <laughs> we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have pagers. I had a rotary phone. We don't phone. know how to handle this. That's, what, what, that's, my, that's my point. Like, so yeah. when, you, when you throw yourself on the sword with your kids, you don't have to throw yourself on the sword in some way where it's embarrassing. Like you're knowingly negative. Yeah, like, yeah, there you go. Right. That's the, yeah, you didn't know. It's like now, now we know, and now mm-hmm. we can do something about it because we know, but yeah. we didn't know. Anyways. Yeah, but you have to apologize for not knowing. I mean, we, 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 we do know enough to connect the dots that we don't want our kids being exposed 24-7 to pornography. We, we, but we're so busy with our but careers, with our think, work, did, with did, our parents. Did you think that was where that was all going when these things – I thought they were great. When cell phones came out, I was like, this is the greatest tool ever. I never in a million years could have imagined well, where it's you're ended one, up. You're, you're, you're an anomaly. Naive. An anomaly. Yeah, I might I'm be just, willing, I hate to say it naive. that way, but I'm telling you, people know it's on these things. They don't thi- – See, here's one of the biggest mistakes that parents make with their kids. They always want to think the best of their kid. And you, you, <laughs> you, no, you got to think the truth about your kid. Yeah. The truth may not be the best. Think the truth. Jesus thought the truth about everybody. He did, John 1, I think it's John 1, he, they were putting their trust in Jesus, but Jesus wasn't entrusting himself to them because he yes. knew the hearts of it's men. It's John 2, 23. There you go. I, there you I go. just did a devotion on it. There you That's, go. And, and it there had a go. huge impact on me. Yes. Because in that text, what we learn is that there are people who are believers mm-hmm. who aren't true believers. Right. They're right. believing him because of his signs. Right. But he didn't entrust himself. He didn't yeah. reciprocate yeah. because he knew their hearts. Yeah. He, he, they were there for the food. They were there for the, you know, <laughs> yeah, for the healing. By the way, you can go listen to that Bible Overview podcast at uh, the, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, which is one of our sister podcasts. I want to tell a story about parents um, believing their kids or taking their side. So th- this is going to take a second. But... When I was in seventh grade, I had a science teacher. My dad was on the school board in our, in our town. Plumber, kind of a blue collar guy, but kind of hung out in white collar worlds. And uh, so he got along with everyone. Science teacher, I'm, I'm kind of distracted during class, those big heavy science tables. Um, I'm with my buddy who's sitting at the table and we're kind of distracted. We're looking out in the hall at someone and my science teacher loses it, comes storming off the platform and kicks our table and it flops over in our laps. And he's just pissed because we're not paying attention. I go home to my dad and I tell him, like, this is what he did and he needs to be fired. You know, you're on the school board. This guy needs to be done. And uh, I tell him, you know, what happened. It was totally unjust, blah, blah, blah. My dad says, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be at the school tomorrow by 9 o'clock. I'm going to go talk to Mr. So-and-so. And what I'm going to say is, has my son been here yet today to apologize for distracting your class? <laughs> you got a good dad. <laughs> yeah, and, and, but today, now I'm a basketball coach of high school yeah. kids, and so yeah. we've got good parents and good kids, Christian school, whatever. Yeah. But I see, I don't really experience it, thankfully, firsthand, yeah. but I see parents taking the sides of their kids yes. all the time. And they'll die on a sword. And they're yeah. just like, my kid would never do that. Yeah. My kid would never say that. My yeah, kid would right. never act that way. I'm like, be as. Can I, t- can I can tell I a tell funny story? I know kids. I know kids who are Bible quiz winners on Sunday morning and fornicating in the parking lot Sunday night. Yeah. And people don't think this is going on. Oh, it's going on. Trust me, it's going on. Uh, one time, I uh, my got a call from the school, and 
it was alleged that my son, um, I, I forget what you call them, it's you fold paper in half and then you put it in a rubber band and you, you fling it. Well, yeah, but it's like you call them like a cricket Spit or a water. whip it or it, oh. it hurts. I mean, when you're hit with this thing, it, <laughs> it, 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 inflicts, it inflicts pain, right? So he's alleged to, to do that. I asked the principal of the school, I said, um, I know you guys got cameras on the bus. Can you look at the footage? So he looks at the footage, he calls me back, and he goes, man, it's not clear. But I'm just telling you, there's several eyewitnesses that said he's the one who did it. So my son comes home from school, and I said, look, man, let me tell you, I've talked to your principal, and he said you you, you flung this cricket, whippet, whatever that thing is. And um, your son would probably know, because it's, it's, we didn't have those when I was a kid. It's a new level of torture, you know. But anyway, so, he, uh, so I, said, I said, there's footage on the bus, right? And that, I just left it at that. I didn't tell him that the footage wasn't, like, clear enough to make it out. I just said there's footage on the bus, and I've set up an appointment with your principal to go look at it together with you. And he just confessed. And, and you know, I didn't just take his side. I was like, no, I, let me figure out how to be creative here. And so I did that. So his punishment was your summer's over. Like, because he lied about it to the, to the bus driver and to the principal. Like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Well, it was him because he confessed once I said, hey, there's, there's video footage, right? So his punishment was he's got to go to me with work all summer long. And I was, I was in the, at the process, I was a project manager for a remodeling company. And so I would drive around from job site to job site and everything else. You probably you know? loved it when I was Dude, done. let me just tell you, it was supposed to be punishment. Huh. It was one of the greatest summers we ever spent you together. Well. We just, yeah. we bonded like no tomorrow. But it was, it was, it was that creative parenting to first of yep. all get the truth out of it, not yep. just, not just take my son's side. He said he didn't do it. He didn't do it. You know, yeah. no. It was like let's get to the bottom of this. Yep. But then it was like, all right, how do I punish him? Let's do this. And then it turned out to be a blessing. So yeah. don't, don't be afraid to get out of the boat. Romans eight twenty eight. All things yes. work out for the good of yep. those who love God and yep. according to His purpose. We got to wrap this up, but just briefly tell us about what is in this book. Is it does it tell about your whole method and what you do, and then share miracles? It tells the whole story of Shepherd's Hill, or what? The miracles of Shepherd's Hill uh, is basically our story. It's a it's a thirty five year series of bumper to bumper miracles as to how we heard from God, what we heard from God, uh, what God did when we obeyed God including moving down 700 miles away from our home in the Chicago area to, to Georgia to get educated, thinking we were going to be someone's pastor or a missionary, only to have God say, you need land, start looking for it, uh, looking for it. And uh, all the things that God did and all the things the devil did in spiritual warfare over a period of all these years, to start with $200 in a handshake, a 60-acre, now 250-acre facility where kids come from all over the country and their families and around the world to get the healing that only the Lord Jesus Christ can do. And I, I don't know of anyone, and Dave, Dave has been to our place, and you tell me if I'm lying, David, but I, I've never heard anybody ever say anything other than when I stepped foot on the property, I knew I was being clothed with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. How big is it? How many acres? 250 acres. Okay. You start out as a 60-acre farm. and Yeah, but there's part of the miracle, though. You, you acquired that 68-acre farm with how much money? $200. It was our last $200. It was our... We, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't do that. That doesn't happen. But, but that's not... That is, I don't even think that's the biggest miracle. Uh, it, it's not even close to the biggest miracle. I mean, I've got a son who's buried on Shepherd's Hill. He's, wow. He's... Uh, 
We used to go out to Shepherd's Hill a year and a half before the property was even for sale because the Lord, took, that was the first place we saw when we were in Bible college, this is the place. And we're like, my goodness, this is the place? Well, well let's go out here and pray about it. And, and we're pre- trespassing. It was just an old abandoned farm. Uh, but there was a triple murder involved in that farm. And it was, there was, a, it was a major drug hub. They were doing aerial drops in the pasture. So it was all tied up in the legal system, you know, because an tw- 11 or 12 year old kid was supposed to inherit it. A, a real estate investor got it just to flip it. He had five guys standing in line to buy it. We got it with $200 in a handshake. Two of those people had cash, and they were locals, were Yankees from out of town, and they were wondering how in the world this rich guy from Chicago would get this from underneath us. Didn't realize that we got it with 200 bucks in a handshake. But you weren't a rich guy. <laughs> and it was not a rich guy, brother. We moved in that house in May of 1994. Uh, we had to put water, electricity in it. The DEA had come in and ripped out all the walls and ceilings and floors, looking for drugs and money. It was, it was a property that was, let me put it to you this way. Uh, a few years later, we found out that the, the Georgia Department of Transportation wanted to put a four-lane highway through the middle of everything that it took us seven years to build before we took our first student. And we just took our first student anyway. And there's a whole big, long series of miracles how that happened. But we had to buy seven different tracts of land to mitigate this thing so we could stay open. Otherwise, we have to close our doors, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm surveying one of these tracts of land, and our neighbor, I ended up, I was lost in the woods, I ended up on my neighbor's property. He said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm trying to figure out where to put a campsite. He said, oh, you're, you got that Shepherd's Hill thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, how many tra- tracts of land does Shepherd's Hill have now? I said, well, I, I named him, and he said, his, his jaw about dropped to the floor. He says, do you realize that you own every tract of land that Joe Blow, I won't give his name, bought with dr- drug money, working for the devil, and he couldn't keep to launder his drug money. And now you own every track of land he had. I didn't know this. Working for God? I said, he says, that is incredible. And then my jaw dropped. I says, wow. I, and I bought it all with the same $200 in a handshake. Because all we did was kept refinancing over the years. Yeah, yeah. And we have 250 uh, acres of land. All but 50 acres of it is totally paid off. We never closed for a minute, not for a minute. And we had professionals telling us, you're going to have to close and move. There's no way you could do this. Had a Jewish guy who was a land appraiser who went to depositions. We never went to, to court. We ended up settling with the Georgia Department of Transportation. But under oath, this man said, I've been doing this for 40 years. My mentor told me you'll never mitigate a, uh, uh, I've worked for and against the DOT in these situations. I've, my mentor told me you'll never work in a, in, a, in a case like this where the landowner can keep doing what they're doing. They can never do it. I thought maybe I could do it with 10 acres or five acres or maybe a lot. These people have done it with 250 acres. Ladies and gentlemen, this could only be divine intervention. <laughs> so this is going to be an encouraging book for people who face impossible challenges. Absolutely. Oh, He's had people read that book who he doesn't know that sent him $100,000 after reading the book. To, no, because no. It, $1.25 oh, million. What, that's what it was, $1.25. They donated because of reading this book. They wanted to be a part of they what They want to be part of something on. that God is th- genuinely in. Have you thought about somehow duplicating this? People ask me that all the time, and I'd be glad to, to tell someone else how to get something rolling like this because you can't have enough of them. The problem is there's not enough people out there who, who can afford this kind of residential care without getting it from their churches, their extended family, refinancing their homes. He's being real humble about what he means by that as far as like the, the, the cost of it. 
when you go to Shepherd's Hill, think think about this. You have one certified like counselor. How much do they make a year? 80? 100? 150? I don't even know anymore because everything's so exploded. So let's just say it's 125000 well, well, that you've got to pay somebody a year. Now you're paying 13, 14 of them 24 hours a day. Like it's, it's 365. You, 365 days a year. They don't get it. There's not a day where the kids are like, well, you're off on your own. We got they, literally have, they literally have a certified counselor 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. That's, it's, it's not because, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not defending it by any means. I've just seen it because yeah. I've been up there enough times and I've gotten to know the people and the kids and everything else. And it's like, it just, it's an amazing process that has to take place in order for these kids to get the amount of attention that is required because I, I call it like they're some of the worst of the worst. These kids are either either gonna in their in their own words they wouldn't be here if it weren't for Shepherd's Hill. But you said like you turn away four hundred people or something like that. Yeah, um, foreign families a month because it's too, just too cost prohibitive. A lot of those people, excuse me, a lot of those people have the money. They just don't want to turn loose of it. Yeah, and I understand that. I get that. Uh, and I'll tell you, the, the, the tuition is $126,000 a year to keep a kid at Shepherd's Hill. And I, I couldn't send my own kid here. Uh, I'm ashamed to, to, to even say what it costs. And, and we get people who say, and you call yourself a Christian organization. Right. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, lady. Oh, my gosh, mister, if you knew what it takes to keep us going. Because we, you know, we're state licensed. We just got CARF certified, which is it's basically a, like the good housekeeping seal of uh, residential programs like Joint Commission for Hospitals. In other words, all you got to do is know this place is CARF certified. This means I don't even have to do it. No, go no further. They're Christian. Yeah, they're these right-wing Bible-thumping Neanderthals, but, they, <laughs> but they're CARF certified. They got to be doing something right. Yeah. And we've had Hindu kids come. We've had uh, uh, Muslim kids come. We've had garden variety atheists come who come to know the Lord and their families transgender homosexuals coming out of this stuff that's why it's called the miracles of shepherd's hill people don't think this stuff's going on it's going on folks just obey god just know yeah. what the word I, says i did an interview last night with a guy named stephen jackson who talked about kingdom-minded investing mm -hmm. and one of the things we touched on is christians are sitting on millions and billions yeah. of dollars oh my gosh i'm so glad you said that that, that if uh come off it but yeah like <laughs> you could actually still have a pretty comfortable lifestyle and not die with a million dollars or five million dollars right. or a hundred million dollars and do some amazing stuff. Yep. You know, we've had NFL uh, football Hall of Famers, New York Times best-selling authors, scientists who are debunking the whole science behind LGBT stuff. We've had uh, uh, Major League Baseball World Series leaders and Hall of Famers, I mean, speak in our chapel. And I've had all kinds of people. Dave has been there over and over, and I was so glad to have him. He's one of our better speakers. And people tell me all the time, and they use, they say it in different terms, but the, one of the common terms is, Trace, you don't realize this, but there are millionaires and billionaires looking for you harder than you're looking for them. Our See, sleeves I are constantly I don't know where they are. Up. Where are you? Yeah. If you're listening, yeah, our we need are, you. Our sleeves are constantly rolled up working with kids and bringing healing to these kids and, and we probably don't take the time or the effort, the energy it takes to, to get this money uh, but in God's time it'll happen 
it really is a fish in the loaves type of thing. Every month's a news miracle how this thing keeps going. Awesome. Because if we didn't have outside donors, the tuition would probably be close to $200,000 a year. So shepherdshill.com.org, what's, what's your website? Shepherdshillacademy.org, or you can go to helpmytroubledteen.org, if that's easy for you to remember, helpmytroubledteen.org. And if you want to, if you uh, want to hear our radio broadcast, what we're doing is is taking outside the gate what we know is transforming the lives of kids inside the gate to convince parents of everything we just talked about here and a whole lot more. And the radio program is called License to Parent. You can go to licensetoparent.org. Just get it on our archives. You can hear all our programs. Uh, we we deal with the, the best minds in the world about this subject. Uh, and we have he a really, daily, he really has some like heavy hitters come on that show. And, and we have a daily one minute that we do that is just golden nuggets of like a daily devotional that it's just every second of it enlightens parents to what they need to be doing. The problem is it's not a popular message. It's they think it's too hard. No, you know what's hard? Bailing your kid out of jail, burying one of your kids, sending him to a rehab center like Shepherd's Hill. It's not hard to say, Junior, I'm sorry that I've, I've given you this device. I didn't know all that was involved in what I was doing in giving you this device. We're going to get to something that's not going to be so poison. I know your kids, your, your friends still had this stuff, and you'll have to make those decisions, but I'm not going to sanction it any longer. I can no longer, in good conscience before the Lord, sanction this. Would you please forgive me, son? Would you please forgive and me, I, and I want to And I want to close my, my sentiments on this with this. After 20 years of doing youth ministry, I can tell you this. Don't think your kid is not subject to it oh, because no, I have seen easy. some of the best of the best yep. that were raised right, that yep. were goody two-shoes, that were Yep. Just, and if I could say this to the parents. Nobody's immune to it. No. Don't beat yourself up because the only perfect parent that ever existed was God the Father. Amen. And look what his first two kids did. Ah. Right? So please don't beat yourself up. But, but do heed counsel for someone who's been there, done that. Yeah. My gosh, the smartphone, that's an addictive adult toy, and there's a lot of adults you shouldn't be having. This has been great. Dave, thanks for introducing me to Trace. Trace, thanks for your time. Yeah, and uh, just pray that the Lord will magnify this message. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank God you. Bless you. Thank you. The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.